Good evening. Welcome into State of the Tigers, our weekly show that tells you about the state of the Tigers, oddly enough. Uh, talk a little Missouri basketball tonight. The show, as always, brought to you by James Carlton at Carlton State Farm Insurance. And as I say that, see, I magically changed the uh, the logo in the top corner of your screen. Uh, James's information will be running across the bottom of your screen. If you're joining us live on YouTube throughout, you can get in touch with James at carltoninsurance.net. You can call him at 314-961-4800. Look, obviously, auto insurance uh, this time of year with the weather going on, home insurance, everybody got to make sure you're up to date on everything. James wants to take care of you. He wants to talk a little Mizzou football, basketball, and uh, help out. Missouri's NIL efforts along the way. So get in touch with him. He's going to tell you how you can do all of those things through his agency. And uh, we now bring in James Carlton's most famous client, Drew King. Uh, Also, Missouri basketball uh, writer and the guy who is forced to pay attention to every game right now. I get to pick Mm -hmm. and choose a little bit. Drew has the (laughs) pleasure of following them all. They've all kind of been the same lately, Drew. It's uh, I, I hit a point in the Kim Anderson years where what I wanted to, and, and I want to be clear, I am not saying this is like the Kim Anderson years, but I wanted to every now and then just like rerun a story from the last game and just change nothing except the score and the opposition and see if anybody knew because every game was the same. I That's kind of how it feels. Like every game's kind of the same. Yeah, I don't know if you read my column today, but I I, I haven't. Compared... Yet. I've been, uh, okay. I've been chasing some things, but yeah. Um, so I compared uh, Mizzou basketball to Sisyphus, the Greek myth okay. character. Yeah, um, you, you know, roll the ball all the way up the hill, or the rock most of the way up the hill. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, get to the top, and it rolls back down. Um, and so my my point was like, I don't know what Mizzou did to piss off the basketball gods, but like, it's just not happening right now for them. They're not allowing the Tigers to get over the hump. So there's like a moment, and and you've said that in some of your writing, like Mizzou just kind of fails to meet the moment in every game. There, there's a moment where you kind of feel like, oh, that one's going to be big in this game. Mm-hmm. I know what my moment in the Alabama game was. I'm curious if one stuck out to you. Well, there were a couple of them. It was a pretty chippy okay. game there, Gabe. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think, like, the most obvious one was Nate Oates shoving Aiden Shaw. You felt like that was going to kind of bring out the emotions a little bit from both sides. Um, right. And it it kind of did, right? Like, um there were like three technicals hitted out and none of them were for Nate Oates. So that was a pretty interesting night in Tuscaloosa. My, my moment, and that's clearly the biggest moment of the game. And we're going to talk mm-hmm. about it, but my moment where I said, Oh, they're not going to win this game is they're down three and they get a steal. And Jesus Carolero Martin has a, uh one on nothing break more or less now jaron stevenson who by the way i had forgotten about but jaron stevenson is trying to chase him down from behind but he didn't get there and jesus misses the breakaway dunk and alabama goes down and scores and it goes from what should have been a one-point game to a five-point game and it was just kind of like like in the South Carolina game, my moment was the second time Missouri missed a, the front end of a one and one. You're like, well, this mm-hmm. is not happening. 
Yeah. After that exchange, I was like, well, it should have been a one point game. Now it's a five point game. It's just not going to happen tonight. And it did. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't a 20 point game, but like that was the moment where I just said, well, this is how they're going to lose tonight because we usually seem to know they're going to lose. It's just a matter of how. Yeah, I, I misunderstood the question when you asked it the first time. For yeah. me, the moment of the game where it got away from him was, I, I think it was probably right after Jesus missed that layup. Um, Ryland Griffin came down this floor and hit back-to-back threes. Both times, Sean East had a hand in his face, right? It's right. like you, you you couldn't defend it any better. Right. Those were actually well-defended shots. Those weren't yeah. the ones we're watching and going, well, no one's within 12 feet of him. Of course he made it. Right. And that I think made it a seven point game at that point. So, um, yeah, like what once they got down by seven, I, I think it was like less than five minutes left. You knew like the wheels are about to come off and they did. Right. Because Mizzou was playing really well up to that point. And uh, once it got kind of out of hand, it, it seemed like they threw in the towel a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it it, it went from eight to 20 in, in the last four minutes, I think. Um, and. It, they showed an interesting stat on the, the broadcast. So in the three games before that, Missouri had finished the game from the field, one for seven, one for 15, and one for seven. So that's mm-hmm. a combined for 29. They were two for their last six against Alabama. So it wasn't as bad, but like you were closing games going five for 35. That's 14%. It is not a mystery why you were not winning games. Yeah, that was one of my keys to the game that I wrote in my preview going into Alabama. I said, like, if you're in a position to win, you have to close out the game strong. And they very clearly did not do that against Alabama. Yeah, so let's let's talk about uh, the, the moment of the game. Um, I personally was fairly unhappy that I invested two and a half hours of my life. And I did not get a fight out of that game because I thought we were going to get a fight. Like, I didn't know if it was going to be Nate Oates and Aiden Shaw or Noah Carter and somebody. Like, there were four or five times in that game I thought, oh, this could be it. We could have a fight. Mm -hmm. And we never got a fight. And that's probably good for Missouri and Alabama. Less good for me. (laughs) Right. So I think it was really a missed opportunity once Nate Oates put his hands on Aiden. Um, Kind of, it seemed like... Mizzou's bench probably didn't know what happened in the moment because there was like no reaction from that side. They did not know that Nate Oates had made contact with Aiden in the moment. Noah Carter clearly knew it. Like you could see it on his face. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I, I, because I feel like had they seen it, their reaction probably would have been different. Um, and, and Dennis Gates, you know, gave Aiden Shaw a lot of credit, right. Um, for having the kind of restraint that he did, cause it would have been a very different story had Aiden retaliated in that spot. And so, um, maybe had it been a different player, maybe you got, right. would have gotten the fight that you wanted so, game. Um, so but there's, Aiden, there's, Aiden's- three, there's three things that come out of that for me. First of all, like you said, um, Aiden was restrained. What happens if Aiden Shaw goes back at Nate Oates there? Um, I'll be honest. I would not have blamed him for doing it. What happens if he goes back at Nate Oates? um, It's a full-on brawl, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know about a full-on brawl, but there's a little bit more of a scuffle, right? I I think if Aiden 
you know, gives them a little shove back, um, then you might have both benches clearing, right? And it's a little bit mm -hmm. tougher to break up there. Um, and you'll you'll have multiple ejections and Jackson Swa might play a, a career high in minutes that night. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, like you, you, you're probably talking about suspensions too, right? Because- right. Oh, for sure. Like, I, I don't know that Nate Oates would be coaching in this next game i don't know that he would have finished that game to be honest so and, and that was kind of my point is nato's gotten like he got no technical i don't even care about the punishment whatever i mean yeah finding nato's twenty five thousand dollars is like asking me to throw 50 cents at you it doesn't matter right so a fine a suspension i don't really care i don't know who alabama plays in it. like i thought he should have been suspended for one game but i don't really care i'm more interested in he did not get a technical had Aiden Shaw got back, gone back at him, we know Aiden Shaw is getting a technical. But would that then have meant Nate Oates also got a technical? Because the refs were right there. They they knew who started it. If Aiden swings at him or something, like, they knew who started that. He has mm -hmm. to get a technical in that case, right? Yeah. So, and so, like, that was what was the biggest disappointment in the SEC's statement, right, was there was no acknowledgement of – wrongdoing for the officials who should have handled that a lot better than they did. Um, yeah. Because like you said, Nate Oates did not get a technical, didn't seem like he got a warning of any kind, like um, just kind of got away scot-free. And like you said, like you can't really punish him too much after the fact, considering like the officials didn't see it enough, but like the SEC said nothing about the referees, right? They didn't say like, Hey, they should have seen this. They should have reviewed it and and handled it properly. Um, and so the fact that publicly they were not reprimanded, I think, was um, pretty like really disappointing on the SEC's part mm -hmm. um, because Mizzou had every right to be upset about it. One of my friends uh, that, that covers another program brought up a good point. He, he was watching it and he said. It almost looked like the refs were so shocked that NATO's did it that they just kind of froze. Yeah. Right. Like it like it was almost like I can't believe a coach just did this and they they, they couldn't like they just didn't react at all. They they just were like, what the hell just happened? Um, it kind of deer in the headlights, right? Like yes, exactly. Because you don't see that out of coaches because you know like that's a line that does not get crossed and so um yeah it was it was pretty unfortunate all the way around yeah on everybody um so connor says uh said, and we appreciate your comments guys i see your questions and we're going to get to them kind of in the second part of the show so keep throwing them up there um unsure if caleb grill would have taken that for from nato's credit to shaw for keeping and keeping his calm so Who's the worst player on Missouri's roster that Nate Oates could have done that to? Is it Caleb Grill? So Caleb Grill does have that little bit of an edge, right? We saw him get hot-tempered in the Minnesota game, so um, that's not a bad candidate. I was trying to think of somebody big, though, like the, and, and it might have been Aiden, to be honest, right? I would have thought, like, if you don't want to mess with somebody, it's probably Aiden Shaw. Um, but... Aiden's a little bit more mild-mannered, again, handled it right. very well, considering how young he is, too. Like, I don't know a lot of people my age who would have taken that. And and I assume it's 
the first time he's been in that spot. I doubt he's had a coach push him before. <laughs> yeah, you think? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um. So here is what I thought uh, would have been appropriate in that situation. Again, had Missouri's bench seen that. Like we discussed before the Kansas game, which was Caleb Grill's first game wearing a cast. That like he should just go out there and get five fouls because yeah. like he has a cast on, just go beat on some guys, whatever. Had Missouri seen it, I think the appropriate thing would have been for Caleb Grill to go in swinging with that cast because that thing does damage. Um, yes, I think it. I think it would have. Like it would have. I, I want to be clear here. I am not talking about the appropriate thing for Missouri basketball to do or the appropriate thing for Caleb Grill to do. I am talking about, look, the basketball game wasn't really entertaining. Mm -hmm. I wanted to fight. I would have been relatively entertained by seeing Nate Oates if Caleb Grill comes at him. So here's what I think should happen now. Well, okay, so first of all, like Caleb Grill going in there with his cast on, that's leading to like multiple people in the concussion protocol, right? Like no, we're, we're not going to see some guys for a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if mizzou and alabama when they inevitably meet again rather than a basketball game let's just put them in a steel cage match right like let's just put them everybody steel cage and um last man in is the loser everybody's trying to get out um it, it, it would and, be and like you know what this is the last year i would do that against missouri if i was nate oates because next year peyton marshall's on the team right and that's just um, not something I'm going to mess no, with. No, that like I don't think Peyton Marshall would have moved if Nate Oates tried to shove him. Shove him, like right, right. That is that is the the immovable object. So, um, like, let's let's bring it back a little bit, uh, a little bit more serious, way less fun. Um, like, what can this team salvage out of this season at this point? What's the What's the realistic? I mean, I said on Monday morning, I set the over under at four and a half SEC wins. Is that like, does that seem about right to you? So I was, I was looking at their schedule, Gabe. Um, they're probably going to have a few opportunities to win in the next five games here. I don't know if you've seen it at all, right. but well, like, I, I mean, like Florida is nothing about Florida tells you they have no chance to win that game. Yeah. Right? Correct. Um, but it, like what AM and that doesn't look as I'm not saying they're gonna win in college station, but yeah, it's not an impossible task. AM's one and three, they just lost to Arkansas, which oh by the way, also has been very bad so far. Mm-hmm. Flor Florida's one and three, Texas AM is one and three in conference play. After that, you play South Carolina, who you just took into overtime and, and came up a little and bit short. Should have beaten led the entirety of the second half and somehow lost that game. Um, after that, you got Arkansas at home. Arkansas been a little bit underwhelming this season. Right. Um, and then you've got Vanderbilt on the road, but it's it's Vanderbilt, right? So um, I, I would say, like, rack up as many wins as you can in this, these next five games um, and then figure out, like, where do you go after that? Um, right. Because – if you're five and three, which is impossible, but it like I don't think that they're not gonna 
like try their very hardest. Like they've been in every single game here. And so if they can, they're 0 and 4 right now. Is that actually? They're 0 and 4. Yeah. But if they go 5 and 3, you're talking about 13 and 9 now and and 5 and 4 in conference play. Like that's not, that that would be a lot better than kind of the trend that they're and and direction they're going in right now. So um, I, I think that there is a little bit that can be salvaged. Um, I, I wouldn't go full like let's start the three freshmen every single night yet because um, you've still got like seniors that have been playing a long time, have accomplished a lot. You, you kind of owe it to them to let them keep trying, keep plugging away mm-hmm. at it. Um, and so, yeah, like I, I think that there is still a little bit left to play for here. Yeah, and – it's weird because again, they're not a team that you look at and go, there's no, they can't win. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, they, they should have beaten South Carolina. Absolutely. Probably should have beaten Georgia. If you just change those two, you're talking about Jackson like, state look, too. Jackson yeah. I don't, state I don't talk that, that game doesn't exist anymore. In my, <laughs> I just, okay, we're not but... going to pretend that they can change that. But like, if you're just talking about these two, you're talking about a team that's 10 and seven, two and two in the sec. Nobody mm-hmm. is throwing parties for that. But also, we're not like we're not having the conversations people want to have right now either. Um yeah. and, and and that's really that's two plays that we're talking about, right? So you've got to think it whether I, I mean I, I told you earlier today, I oddly feel like they're gonna win on Saturday against Florida, and that might be stupid. Maybe they won't, I don't know. But like I feel like it's just a team that just they just need something good to happen to them, man. They need one of mm-hmm. these to go their way so they think maybe it can. Yeah, I, I mean, it, they're just in a really bad skid right now. Um, I think they pretty sorely miss Caleb Grill. Um, I, I told you last week, the defense has not been the same without him. And it, mm-hmm. it's it's upsetting because, uh, like, earlier on in the season, I think that the offense was kind of the problem. And now they've gotten some of those offensive issues figured out, but the defense has fallen apart. Um, And so, yeah, like if they can put like just enough possessions together um, and finally get over the hump and stop seeing the boulder roll back down the hill, um, Mm -hmm. I think it'll ease some of the frustrations that they're having. Um, And but so I want to I want to pose this question to you. Um, cause they shut down John Tanjay for the rest of the year. Uh, the, right. the, the idea is, uh, we think is that they're going to redshirt him. Um, uh, and it seems like Caleb grill kind of meets the same conditions to get that medical hardship waiver. Would you, if you were Dennis Gates, um, bring him back this season? I would leave it completely up to him because for two reasons, first of all, that does, obviously open up the option of coming back next year. So there are two, two ways to look at that. First of all, how many, I mean, if this team ends up, you know, 13 and 19, how many of these guys do you necessarily want back is Mm -hmm. is part of it. And the second part is it's, I think a part that, that people don't kind of look at, I mean, everybody says, Oh man, if I could play college sports, I'd do it as long as possible. Well, like Caleb Grill and John Tanja are going to be 24 years old next year, probably. Mm-hmm. Do they want to be sitting here with five 18-year-olds playing basketball? 
I, I don't know. Maybe they do. And if they do, cool. But I'm, I'm just saying that you, I, I think it's up to Caleb Grill. Hey, if you're healthy enough in say two weeks, then that's going to give you 10 games in a tournament. Would you rather just do that? Or do you want to come back and do this whole thing again next year? You know, and if he wants to come back and, and they want him back, great, fine. Um, but I think, I think the other thing Dennis has to look at in that is, look, this team is going to need portal additions to be good next year. I mean, yeah, you got Pierce, Butler, Robinson, and Shaw coming back and, you know, I'm sure there's a couple guys I'm missing. Like Jesus, I think, has another year. Do you want yeah. that? Kurt Lewis could come back. Where's that go? But you've got these five freshmen coming in. Somebody told me, I was talking to somebody earlier this week, of the top 50 scorers in the SEC, 50. Do you know how many are fresh, true freshmen? I'm going to say two. Three. Three. And two of them play at Kentucky. Um, so, in other words – you got five freshmen next next year. The reality is probably those are those guys are are going to take a minute, right? So to be good, you're going to have to go hit the portal. Well, you can't bring in five freshmen and hit the portal, and bring back this year's freshmen, and bring back Tanjay, and bring back Caleb Grill. I mean, I know Dennis said he wants 23 dudes on his roster, <laughs> but there's no point in that. Like that's crazy. You're never going to keep guys like that. So I don't know. I, I mean, again, I'd kind of leave it up to them, but I don't know that, hey, let's bring John Tanjay and Caleb Grill back is necessarily the answer next year. Mm -hmm. Maybe it is. You know, I, I know obviously they think more highly of those kids than we have seen them produce on the court. But I, right. I just I, I don't see any way you can bring back everybody who's got eligibility to come back team i mean there have to be some you know this might not be the right place yeah no I, it would definitely put kind of a, a roster crunch into place right because um like they they probably need to go find a veteran point guard to put with ant in, in the trade score maybe they two. need they need a score they need like a guy who can score in the paint that's not Peyton Marshall, you know, like because right. uh, they they're missing that guy. Aiden Shaw is scoring like seventy percent on twos, but right. it's all dunks, right? It's not like back and, to the and basket. You can't, I don't. You could have Jordan Butler live in the weight room, and I'm not sure he's a traditional like low post guy. Yeah. Um. So I I feel like just having that option would have been helpful for this season. And so, yeah, like I think that Caleb Grill and John Tanjay are both like talented. Right. And, um, you know, I, I, I saw myself how good Caleb Grill was playing during the summer and, um, it, it didn't necessarily translate right away, but he was coming on. Um, and he was and Dennis, starting to play better. Yeah. Um, and Dennis Gates says John Tanjay was their best player in the summer. I didn't have the chance to see him really. Um, but, you know, if if he really feels that way, then I could see them going in that direction. I could also see them saying, you know, Caleb, we really need you this season. Like, right. Because their options on the wing right now are Tamar Bates and Kurt Lewis. Right. And and Kurt hasn't it's really looked. Pierce, really. Well, but I mean, he's like, a wing to me. OK, fair. Uh, but like your other options are let's go with. Ant Robinson at the three, which he's right. pretty undersized, or we can bring Noah Carter down 
from the four, um, and and those aren't really great fits. So they're they're kind of like this is what I wrote in my column. The whole selling point of this team was we're really really deep. We'll have a lot of options, and because of the injuries, they're suddenly not very deep at like one of the most important positions in in basketball. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what's been the hindrance with the Tigers. And to be fair, it's not just the injuries. They're also not very deep because some of the guys haven't been as good as they were supposed to be. Yeah. Like, why is Trent Pierce not really an option there? Well, because when he's played, he hadn't been very good. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's just that's that's the truth. Um, so I want to get to to questions and comments. And and Anthony starts it off with love the podcast. Can you get us at least two or three times a week? We're going to do more of that going forward, Anthony. We had been at twice a week, sometimes three during football season. Frankly, when football season ended, it, you know, we were, it was so portal, all this craziness. I wanted to give Gerard a few days off. Um, now we've got the defensive coordinator last week or so there week or two, there hasn't been a lot to talk about. We are going to get back to two or three podcasts a week. It's just been, it, it, look, we all, everybody needs a couple weeks off during the year, right? So we, we, uh, we, we took a few, we took a couple weeks where, where we went one podcast a week, but it will pick back up. Um, Kyle wants to know how many starters on next year. And by the way, Shane Dennis, I saw you asked a question right at the top of the show about the defensive coordinator. There is message board talk and there is YouTube talk. The defensive coordinator stuff is on the message board. I hope you subscribe. Uh, Kyle wants to know how many starters on next year's team are currently on the roster. Great question. Um, I think Tamar Bates is a lock, right? Um, I would agree. He, he has to be that guy. Um, I could see Aiden Shaw taking a starting spot if he takes another leap forward. He's gotten better from last season. Like I don't think you can question yeah, that. Yeah, he's gotten so, better. Um, and so I think if he continues to work and takes another leap, maybe he takes one of the forward spots there. Um, and I think it also depends on like who they pair with them in the front court, because um, if they can have like a really big body, like Peyton Marshall next to him, like that makes a little bit more sense. Um, but aside from those two, I would struggle to say with any certainty that these guys are going to be starters. I would go tomorrow and Anthony, Anthony Robert Robinson starting. Next okay. Year. Um, okay. I just think, I, I, I mean, look, this was the year you learn from Easton honor and then you get out there. Um, like, I, I think he starts next year. Now, maybe they go out and maybe, like you said, maybe they go find a portal point guard and, and maybe Robinson's not a starter, but, but I would go with those two. I'm less optimistic that Shaw is a starter. Um, I think you need Trent Pierce to be a starter. If, if he's what they said he was, then we look, I'm, I'm fine with, Hey, this was a tough year. took him a year to get adjusted, but if he's what they said he was, he's starting next year. Um, I don't know if he is or not, but, um, and then I would say probably one to two portal guys. Um, Obviously, this that could change, right? If Caleb Grill comes back, like we were talking mm-hmm. about, but let's assume for the time being that that doesn't happen. Uh, one to two portal guys, and and I would not rule out one of those freshmen starting next year. Like I'm not going to say which one, whether it's Honor Boating, Marcus Out. Like I could see you bring in a class of that magnitude. I think you hope to get at least one true freshman starter. Yeah, I agree. And uh, to, so, so I think we're both at like two, two and a half starters, right? 
or on yeah, the current roster. I, I think so. And so here's here's my hang up with Ant Robinson. Um, and to be very clear, like I think he's had a very good freshman season, has surpassed everybody's expectations of um, what they thought he would be able to bring to the table this year. He's a lights out defender, Gabe. How much confidence does he inspire on the offensive end? Haven't seen a lot yet. Yeah, right. So, like, I he he hasn't been like a very accurate shooter. I don't has not think, been. I don't think he's a scoring point guard. I don't think he's a guy that maybe ever averages ten points a game in college. I think he's a guy that runs the show, and you got to put some guys around him. And I think he can be. I think he can average six assists. I don't know if he's a ten to twelve points a game guy. So, but here's the thing, Gabe, like we haven't really seen him do that either, right? Because he's pretty much always been on the floor with either Nick or Sean. And so I would be a little bit hesitant with just handing him the keys to the car and saying, let's go. Um, So I I think that when we talk about bringing in somebody from the portal, it's got to be a guy who has experience running an offense, kind of like a Nick Honor type who um, just is very steady, takes care of the ball, um, and, and can set guys up because Ant has not shown that yet. He hasn't really had the opportunity to, and maybe we'll see that later in the year. But um, I, at this point, I wouldn't say he's a bona fide starter. I'm judging a lot of what I base, what I say about him based on watching him play AAU ball. He struck me as that type of guy, um, a, a make the team better, do whatever mm-hmm. they need type of guy. And here's the other thing, Drew. Like, we know the era we're in. How many guys are sitting around and coming off the bench for two full years and coming yeah. back for year three? Like, yeah. and and so that that kind of leads into this where Connor said, you know, the freshmen played more in the Alabama game than the South Carolina game. Do you think they should continue to get more time? I say yes, and here's why. You want him back next year? Hmm. Trent Pierce plays once every three games. Why does he come back? Jordan Butler plays four minutes and then doesn't see the court for a week and a half. Why does he come back? Like, it, it has to be a consideration. And is it fair to older guys? Like, I'm not just saying throw guys out there that haven't earned it. That's not my point. But if you think these guys are building blocks, they have to play. Look, Nick Honor's not coming back next year. Connor Vanover's not coming back next year. Jesus Carolero probably not coming back. Like, if you want these guys back, if you believe they're part of your program going forward, you have to get them more minutes. So I, I, I do agree with you. I do think that they deserve more minutes. I would not be playing Mobor Majak ahead of Trent Pierce and Jordan Butler for the rest of the season. I wouldn't be playing Connor Vanover ahead of Jordan Butler. That's that's a fair really point, wouldn't. too. Yeah, like uh, Connor hasn't really been the guy that I think that they were anticipating him being. Um, and uh, you know, I think we will see these guys get more opportunities. Dennis Gates said on Tiger Talk last night, sometimes the best teacher is sitting guys down. And so I think that um, Jordan and, and Trent missing two games in SEC play um, was to kind of teach them a lesson, right? Like you have to come out and earn every opportunity you get. Um, Dennis Gates said they had their best practice of the year before Alabama. That's why they got into the court. And so I think that if they can keep that up, they'll they'll keep getting on the court. Um, but yeah, like they do need some seasoning going into their sophomore year because right now um, it's been very inconsistent, and and they don't always 
it's tough to find a rhythm that way, you know? Well, yeah. And, and I think the frustration that people have is, well, okay, you would get them not playing if this team was 13 and four. They're not. Yeah. They're beating a high major team in a month now. A month and a half. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I think people look, we've now seen six straight high major losses. If, if you lose to Florida because Trent Pierce played 24 minutes, I'm fine with it because everything I've seen is the guys playing 24 minutes instead of Trent Pierce aren't going to give you a win. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm not, I understand coaches don't give up on the season, but I think it's time uh, that, that these guys consistently are seeing the floor. I think double digit minutes for all three. Yeah. I, I don't think that's out of the question at all. Um, and, and uh, to be fair with Ant too, like um, he had some kind of family emergency where right. he he missed practice, and then the next game he was sick. So, um, like with him, I think he would have been pretty consistently on the floor had that not happened. But um, yeah, like I I think what'll help too is because Tanjay's out for the year. I don't think Dennis will have a choice but to play him. Right? Like there's there's not really anybody else he can go to anymore. <laughs> That's not, that sounds like a challenge. Dennis will find a guy. <laughs> he'll, he, he'll put some dudes in now. You might you might be about to get the Danny Stevens experience. Uh, uh, Mike says Bates need to get all of his shots plus half of honors. He's too efficient to not shoot more. So I've thought that, like, he's the guy that they need to be saying, shoot the ball. Like, he passes up shots that I want mm -hmm. him to take. Um, I And – like he's he's this team's second best player. Is that yeah. do you agree with that? Yeah, one hundred percent. So like I want him to fully embrace the Dennis Gates experience of if you pass up a shot, I'm putting you on the bench. I want Tamar Bates taking twelve shots a game from now. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like Tamar, um I he's Dennis Gates has been telling them to shoot more since the summer. You know, like that—that's that's been like an emphasis for him since he got here, and so I think it's like very encouraging the shooting numbers that he's putting up. I think that he needs to be a little bit more confident in his shot, and and like some habits are pretty tough to break. He wasn't being asked to carry a team like he is now at Indiana, right. um, and so like it, it's taken him some time to figure out like here's what I need to do to help this team. I think that'll continue to develop throughout the rest of the year, right? Um, and and so yeah, like I could see them leaning on him a little bit more. Um, I, I think that, like he said, like because of how efficient he's shooting, you feel pretty confident that he can take a lot more shots and and carry the scoring load a lot more than he has shown. Um, I just want to say, I don't know what this comment is exactly in reference to, but Connor says, I 100% agree, Gabe. I will, you say that, I will put it on the screen. I don't know exactly what I said that you agree 100% with, but I'm glad that you do. Probably that um, uh, Mizzou should have started a fight in the Alabama game. Yeah, could have been that. <laughs> could have been that. Uh, Connor also wants to know, next to Boating in the in incoming class, who is most ready? Um, I think it's pretty clearly not Trent Burns. Like I wouldn't be shocked at a red shirt season for Trent Burns. Like he's seven footer. He's, 
he's thin. Like I think upside is probably Jordan Butler ish type freshman season. Is that, yeah. You think that's fair to say? Uh, yeah. 100%. He's, he's going to have to put on a lot of weight to be ready for sec teams. So I, I don't know that he'll see the court a whole lot his first year. Um, what, what about Peyton Marshall? Like, cause it's kind of the opposite. I think he's got to take off some weight. And so, I think he's done some of that. Already. Yeah. So I, I've, I've seen a couple of clips of him in overtime elite league where I'm like, Oh, he, he looks a little bit slimmer than I've normally seen him. Um, and I think that playing in a, in a very competitive league like that, Will, will kind of help him be ready for this level. So I don't think Peyton Marshall is out of the question. Um, I would go, me personally, I would go with Marcus Allen. I think that he's going to yeah. be the most um, physically ready out of everybody, uh, aside from Honor Boating. Maybe even more than Honor Boating, honestly. Yeah, like uh, he's like a 6'8", very strong, um, and he defends, Gabe. That's that's the main thing. It, that's something that they could use is is a big defender, um, and so yeah, I, I, that's kind of who I see as being most ready for next year. That's what I was going to say. Like Marcus Allen is not going to come in to score fourteen points a game next year, but he can earn the most minutes out of that class because I watched this team and God, they need a defender. They need five, honestly, but yeah, but they and, need and at least one, you know. T.O. Barrett can be that as well. T.O. Barrett is a pretty good defender. He's big for his position. Um, I don't know that T.O. I I haven't seen him play recently, so I don't know that he'll be able to bring like the ball skills that they need out of a guard right away. Um, yeah. but Marcus Allen, um I, I think because he can defend so many positions with his size. Um, that's a guy that they he'll he'll be able to contribute right away. And he's I, I'm not sure this is the apt comparison. And Drew, it's gonna mean absolutely nothing to you because it's mm -hmm. been so long since this kid played. But Mike Anderson's first recruit here was JT Tiller. And I've I mean, heard that name before. There, there are arguments to be made. He's the best defensive player I've covered at Missouri as a guard. I mean, he was mm -hmm. like you just didn't want to see him there. And he got on the floor a lot earlier than people would have thought because he, every night he brought it on that end of the floor, you know, and he could score enough. Um, he was never a great offensive player, but he could score enough. And that's kind of what I think now JT was, you know, six, two, six, three, Marcus Allen, six, seven, six, eight. So we're talking about a little, a little bit different type of player, but I could see the same mentality uh, working out defensively. Yeah. I mean, um, He's kind of the the prototypical wing that Dennis Gates and CY had at Florida State, right? You think about Jonathan Isaac, Patrick Williams, um, like very, very lanky, very athletic, and uh, it's just going to smother anybody that you put him to guard against. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's Drew, Mike asks if he's similar to Jordan Walsh. Does that? Yeah, I think that's a that's a very fair comparison. And like Jordan Walsh didn't have an awesome freshman season, but he was playing big minutes for Arkansas and made a big impact on the defensive end. So yeah, I could definitely see Jordan Walsh being a good a good comparison. Yeah. So uh, guys, we want to make sure to to get you show this week. Talk a little basketball. I know it, it's. You know, it's hit or miss right now. It's been a lot of miss lately. Um, but 
uh, we want to make sure, hey, we're, we're still here. We're, we're still following it every day. Drew is, is still doing his thing. So I want to make sure to, to get you guys to the show, talk a little hoops. We've got uh, some football stuff going on on the message boards. Like I said, we'll, I'll, uh, I'll have a little update to where things sit right there. And appreciate all you guys who are here with us. If you're watching live, before you log off, give me a favor, like, share, comment, subscribe, do all of those things. If you're listening on the podcast, leave us a nice review, um, say good things, share it on social media. And whatever you're doing, get in touch with James Carlton, carltoninsurance.net, 314-961-4800. If you still use Facebook, facebook.com slash carltoninsurance. Uh, James wants to take care of all your insurance needs, home, auto, all the whatever uh, else you might need to insure in your life. James wants to do that. He also wants to uh, talk Mizzou sports and, and NIL with you guys. So do us a favor, get in touch with James, and we'll finish with uh, Anthony's question. Any ideas on the defensive coordinator? Check out the message board about half hour. We'll have some stuff there. Um, the, we will. Gerard and I will be doing a show when that hire is made, whenever that is. Um, I don't, could be tomorrow, could be the next day, could be next week. We'll see. But uh, appreciate you guys joining us. Um, Drew will be at Media Day tomorrow. Is that, tomorrow I don't morning. even know what day it is, Drew. Okay. Yes, tomorrow's Friday. Tomorrow morning, and uh, we'll both be at Mizzou Arena at 7 o'clock uh, <clears throat> Saturday night against Florida. So appreciate you guys joining us. We'll talk to you next time.